it's Bernadette Joy, and as you may or may not know, I recently closed my first business dressed. And while it was a great decision for me, and I'm so excited for the future, I did not realize all of the things that I would learn in the past couple of weeks about closing a business, about making that transition, and about all of the people that I've met during that time period. And so, I thought it would be great to share my experience and share these stories with you in this next season called Undressed, where we meet some of my favorite people that I've met through my journey at my first business and share some tips and tools and resources on starting a business, closing a business, and all the things that happen in between. So stay tuned and see you soon. Hi, it's Bernadette Joy, and we're here on another episode of Undressed. And today we're going to talk about a topic that I am personally dealing with right now and I think will be important for many of you to hear as well, and it's knowing your worth. And today we're here with my good friend, Tori. Hi. (laughs) And I'm going to warn you, this is probably going to be a loud and energetic episode because we are both that way. So um, I'm so excited to have you here. Ditto. And let's just start off, you know, right from the beginning, who you are and whatever it is that you want to tell us about what you do. Sure. So my name is Tori Stevens and I have had 10 jobs in 13 years. (laughs) I tell that because everybody goes, oh my gosh, it's a job hopper, right? But there's definitely some like rhythm to it of what was going on and some life changes. So past is I have a background in higher education and then corporate. I've always been in a talent developer role. So I was in career services and admissions when I was in higher ed. That's what my master's is in, is in educational leadership. And I used to build 100-person volunteer peer programs in order for people to own their transferable skills. And we'll definitely talk more about that. But Greek life, residence life, athletes, kids who are like, I don't even know what major I'm going for. Like, this is an awful GPA, whatever, are going, how am I going to transfer this out? Oh, I just played football. I'm not going to do anything with that. I'm like, wrong. We are so wrong on this one. We're going to talk. So then when I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, I'm from Michigan. About six years ago, I moved down here. Um, I worked for MetLife Insurance and hired 350 people in four months for them. So there definitely was this um, process that I got really good at at finding out somebody's transferable skills really fast. And then I was at Bank of America for four and a half years and I did the internship, the leadership development programs, and I built a consulting team for them. Awesome. Yes. So fast forward real quick is that a year and a half ago or about, I became an entrepreneur, started a company called Evolution. Um, You'll notice that the spelling is a little bit different with the word you in the Mm -hmm. middle because you need to be evolving as an individual. And when you're not, we got a problem. And the problem typically is um, you have decided to place your happiness in somebody else's hands Mm -hmm. and your happiness is coming from a lot of external or tangible objects. So if you think about like a midlife or quarter life crisis, what typically happens, right? New car, new house, new relationship, new new clothing, new haircut, (laughs) something new, right? That Mm -hmm. gives you, I call it instant gratification or like this caffeine high. And then after it's done, you're like, Oh, that didn't fix it. Hang mm-hmm. on now. So th- that is what I work with people is I coach, teach, and speak. And I teach people how to think, talk, walk so that they can own their truth through owning their um, their skills and their talents and their gifts within their transferable skills. Oh, my gosh. I, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> there is so much wrapped up right? in here, which is awesome. Um, but how did you figure out, like, this was what you were supposed to be doing? I honestly have had this entrepreneur concept in my head 
my entire career. I didn't know that this is what it meant to be an entrepreneur. I didn't get that the creativity aspect of somebody is that entrepreneur gift, mm -hmm. that idea that you have that nobody else is talking about, or you're like, I don't understand why you just don't do X or why don't they do this or whatever. That's an entrepreneurial spirit. Mm -hmm. So what I always used to say and still do is there is such a gap between where people are and where other people want people to be. Mm. So real quick. So one of the presentations I do is called your performance review does not define your self-worth. Okay. I love it already. Okay. So As you, a former HR person, right? <laughs> I yeah. love that so much. Right. So here's what we do, right? So typically we have one to two reviews, if that, a year that are already preconditioned of what did you do and how did you do it and the why isn't taken care of but it so should but anyways what did you do and how did you do it you type up information about yourself within like two minutes that you've done for the past six months you submit it off to somebody you maybe have seen your manager a couple of times before maybe they don't even work in the same area you do somebody comes in they're like yep all's well and then they give you a rating and then you're done mm -hmm. and so what happens is people performance review that's how they get their self-worth yeah. and you can't rely on somebody else to give you what you need out of life mm -hmm. so when you place an expectation on how other people are supposed to act or behave you're going to be burdened yes so we're all walking around with this burden because for some reason i think you bernadette should know what to do with me tori mm -hmm. and it doesn't work like that so that what happens is, is that we're doomed to repeat the same lesson if we don't learn. And how we repeat it is, have you noticed that if you look at somebody's LinkedIn profile, they've typically done the same job in different industries or for different companies. Mm -hmm. But what did they say? I don't even know what else to do with myself. This is the thing I've done for the past 10 or 15 years. Right. How am I supposed to showcase my gifts, skills, or talents to somebody else if I've never been in that? So then what happens is they get this, I call entry level mentality. And they think that they're going to have to go back to the quote, bottom of the barrel or the entry level job if they change industries because quote, they can't prove themselves because their worth is tied up in their performance review that somebody else gave them. Right. For a specific time yes. period and a specific job that they had right. versus their overall skill set and who they are right. Absolutely. as a person. That to your point, a lot of people are tying their self-worth to this performance review because it's literally tied to your compensation and yep. your job. And something that I have personally been struggling with um, as an entrepreneur, but actually my whole life, I would say is that so much of my self-worth has been tied to how much money yes. I make. Thank you for bringing this up. So let's talk about that. Yes. So how do you, how do you untie, mm. how do you untie that? And yes. The reason I say that is something that really occurred to me recently was that, so my father was a CFO in his prior life. Um, and so very much cared about money <laughs> and, mm -hmm. um, always, define people by what their jobs were. And I didn't realize this until this past year where uh, I asked him when um, he had some relatives coming from the Philippines and I said, who's coming? And really all I asked meant was like how they related to us. Sure. And are they nice? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, so-and-so is VP of this company and so-and-so is director at this company and blah, blah, blah. And I remember telling him, I'm like, I didn't ask you what their jobs were. I asked you who they were. And in his mind, that was synonymous. Yes. So I'm trying to undo like 35 years of this. -ish. Yes. So how so, do we do that? So here's what you're also saying too. So let's talk about money, but let's talk about another thing that you just talked about generations. Mm -hmm. So one of the presentations I do is how to thrive in a multi-generation workforce. Mm -hmm. And what I'm talking about is fear, 
lack of communication and the environment that you grew up in. And what I mean by environment is the generation that yeah. you grew up in. A boomer saw the civil rights movement happen. They saw um, JFK being killed and Martin Luther King Jr. being killed, right? A millennial watched 9-11 be destroyed, or you know, the towers be destroyed in front of them and had the Columbine shooting. Mm -hmm. Totally two different things. And so what happens is, is that your perspective is different and but what we all forget is that we don't communicate to have a conversation in order to like listen first and then learn we already come in with this preconceived notion that you operate the same way that i do absolutely yeah absolutely yep. which is obviously not the case right <laughs> yeah right so then kind of shifting that to the money perspective here's what happens when somebody chooses that they are interested in talking to me about coaching if they they don't feel that they trust themselves enough, they don't have enough worth in them, or they don't value who they are, they will never sign up for coaching. So what's that tied to is, do I believe in myself enough in order to put money towards my own development, recognizing there is not going to be an immediate tangible outcome attached to me putting money into something? Mm. Okay, so then- Which is very hard for people to even comprehend yeah that means, yeah. yeah and then pair it with what you do with like crush this debt right is that people get this blinders on and they're like well i'm never gonna make another dime and i was like you're gonna get a paycheck in two weeks like it, um i'm sorry have we not saved which is a whole nother story right is that yeah. they haven't saved a dollar to their name a lot of the time or they say they don't have any money and then i'll see them out tomorrow <laughs> at a restaurant throwing down a hundred dollars lv purse or whatever yeah right and i was like oh your priorities are different oh and so what's happening is is that it's that instant gratification that caffeine high oh i feel good i had a couple cocktails in a great restaurant and whatnot and then tomorrow morning you wake up and you're like now i'm a hundred dollars less but i don't have any money to my name right yeah so this whole money thing is this notion of where did your ideas come from from a value perspective of how much money do you need or want? And then also what is the limiting belief you have on yourself about money? Mm -hmm. We don't talk about money. And so if we do talk about money, it's this very like icky thing. Mm -hmm. And we don't know how to have a conversation, which means I think this is the main reason why Tori's two cents of opinion, why entrepreneurs don't make it within the first year. Yes. Because they do not value their time, their trust, their worth, or their value. Yeah. So they immediately discount themselves. Mm -hmm. So the interesting part is, is that when I say what my worth and value is from a coaching perspective, I'm either going to have two reactions. Either I totally respect and understand and let's go, or they're going to start discrediting me. That discrediting is not about me. It's yes. about them. Yes. It's about something that's inside of them that they don't see in them, but they see in me. And so now I become the bad guy. Yes. It's a pain body that they have about something else in their life mm -hmm. that they're like, I don't want to go there. Right. Oh, man. And not let that affect your self-worth. Yes, absolutely. So, so one of the reasons why i didn't jump to be an entrepreneur is because i was so scared owning my truth so i say people either love me or they don't know what to do with me 
<laughs> it's like a total accurate representation, right? So here's the thing. I would say that people use the excuse that they are, quote, a people pleaser. Mm. So you have a group of people that love you and support you and champion you on. But the people that don't want to love you, support you, or challenge you, you people please them. And so I was a people pleaser for a really long time. Yeah. Shoot, man, I'm a Libra. And I would be like, it's because I always want it balanced, right? Like, I need to make sure everybody's good or that sort of thing. That was my version of saying people pleaser. Yeah. So the thing is, is that you have to stop and put some distance between you and that other person. And I don't mean like physical distance. I mean mental distance. Yeah. So in the sense of if you are relying on somebody to tell you your worth and your value, we got a problem. And mm -hmm. that's what I work with in coaching. People are like, oh, you're a career coach. And I'm like, nope, I'm a coach. Because the thing is, we can't do squat with your career if you're not ready to create space with inside of you hold that space like bookends and then wait for change to actually occur. Mm -hmm. Change won't occur if you don't keep showing up day in, day out, every moment, every day and, and be you. Right. And then for me, probably about three and a half years ago, I was like, this is not working. This corporate job is not working, but I need to figure out an exit plan. I can't just say, quote, why is this happening to me? Because mm -hmm. if I say that, that's victimhood. And so, okay, who's supposed to come rescue me on some white horse? Nobody is. It's yeah. my job to rescue myself, right? Mm -hmm. And so how do you shift that mindset? And so for me, the book, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown, before she even blew up with her TED Talk, that was my it book. Uh -huh. So that was the first, that was the second book. The first book was when I was 18 and in college, and it's Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth. That was the book that I was like, oh my gosh, people are walking around trying to label and stereotype others because that's comfort. And if something looks different than them, then they want to back away from it mm -hmm. and they don't want to be curious and they're going to judge it because they don't want to take the time to understand it. Right. So all of these factors over the years have really been able to make me own myself right and i think something that i've been trying to unpack myself recently is this whole idea of you know um recognizing that when someone is coming at you with something that's really not about you <laughs> it's not no you know and i had that um that kind of awakening when i closed dressed and i realized a lot of people had well-intentioned questions as basically like why did you close it what are you doing next oh you must be doing this next because x y and z and just making all these assumptions without even really asking right. after i got many of those responses and i took a step back i realized you know i see that a lot of people are just kind of projecting what they would be doing in that same situation a lot of people wouldn't be shutting down a business that seemed relatively successful um or a lot of people wouldn't you know take a leap into another business without having like that 100 percent plan first and mm. i recognize i was like okay like maybe it's more out of concern or maybe it's because they just literally don't understand where right. that's coming from and so there was no reason for me to be upset at right. that. And that's it took me like going through that process and it happening to realize like, okay, yeah, absolutely. People do not operate the same way as me. And that's probably why we're not doing the same mm -hmm. thing or doing the same jobs. And that's okay. That it's not necessarily that I'm doing something wrong. It's just different from yep. what everyone else is doing. So my worth is no less right. because someone else wouldn't do the same thing. And that's a hard, right. and that's a hard lesson 
to learn. Yes. And I tell people all the time, be careful of how many people you tell about what you want to do in your future and understand why are you asking them for their opinion before you ask them. Yes. Let's talk. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Continue. Sorry. Okay. No, like... I love it. That's why I was like, oh, we're coming back to this. <laughs> so here's the thing. When I was leaving Michigan, it was in 2010. So, um, excuse me, 2013. So we're about five years out from the recession happening. And Michigan got crushed yeah. in like a million ways. Yeah. But the auto industry is what totally took that sucker down, right? Yeah. And people would say to me, I don't understand why you're leaving. It's just getting back on. The Michigan is just getting back on its feet. You should be grateful for the job that you have. Why don't you just move to a different city? Aren't you going to miss your family and friends? You're an only child. What are your parents going to do if you're not like 20 minutes away or whatnot? Okay. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same thing. It was like, I'm, I'm sorry. I feel like now I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. And so what it's based in is it's based in an emotion that they have not processed out. Because guess yeah. what the next statement typically is? I wish I would have done what you did did exactly or I did what you did and this didn't work out for me so then I decided to come back or if I had it to do it all over again right it is an emotional opinion that they are saying on you that is a surefire sign that there are layers that need to get peeled back and there is some coaching therapy journal podcast listening whatever <laughs> all of the above whatever you want to do yeah. that needs to happen because the thing is is that you're trying to have a hunt in my game yeah and so that's what i say as a coach that i say i am an unemotional unbiased third-party perspective who does not have a hunt in your game you have to think about it and put some distance in between and then you have to talk about it with somebody who doesn't have a hunt in your game mm -hmm. and you need to like spitball things i always say to people if you could throw anything against the wall and it would stick what would you say and that freedom setting that up that they're like oh i can say anything and i'm not being judged yeah that judgment is coming from you told too many people in your past mm -hmm. that um had a, a, a visceral emotional reaction to something that you did and you got shunned for it or you got scolded for it or you got lectured for it or you got whatever for it and now mm -hmm. you're like i don't i don't know if i can own my truth yeah yeah and people assume that that reaction is the truth, and that's not yeah. that's not it. Um, and so I love that you're saying that because I think, and especially with women, we tend to hang a lot of our self-worth around other people's opinions of the way that we look, the way that we talk, the way that we act, what we do for a living, how we manage our families, all of that stuff. And so, you know, what would you suggest for someone, let's say going into 2020, sure. right? What is one simple thing that someone can do to start kind of putting themselves in the direction of all right owning your truth like right you said. yeah i would say super simple podcasts books and ted talks so you have probably a commute to work mm -hmm. you uh take a shower the majority of the days <laughs> hopefully uh, yes. yeah you probably work out and maybe you work at a gym maybe you have a dog and i bet you they would really like to go for a walk or two mm -hmm. um maybe you have a significant other that really likes taking walks in the park or whatever maybe you have a bunch of girlfriends whatever you're doing 
you have to take the time slots that you are you can you can multitask it's okay you just got to listen to the words and just repeat that sucker over and over again or you've got audible now right you've got spotify um you have the, the tangible books if you want or whatever you have to immerse yourself and just even if you just need to read a chapter a night mm -hmm. that is how you start eating the elephant one bite at a time yes and nobody can say to me i don't have time i'm sorry you're gonna lay down in bed and my guess is you're not just gonna immediately fall asleep so go to bed 20 minutes early and shut off your technology and quit looking at your social media at 10 o'clock at night i promise you will be there tomorrow morning when you wake yeah. up and that's the first thing you pick up right and read or do listen to an audible i don't care what it is but that is how i started prepping myself yes is i just kept listening and you know what it was I'm not the only one that thinks this way. But I have, I bought this treasure chest at like a thrift store. Like it actually looks like a pirate's treasure yes. chest. And I put my phone, my wallet, and my keys in there. So once I don't lose them, but also like I don't pick up my phone after like eight o'clock now and I mm -hmm. in the evening and I don't pick it up until the next day. Love it. And all of a sudden I have a lot of time. Like, yep. who would have guessed, right? You know, and I think the other aspect of that too and what I think is really interesting is as I've had people come to me asking to be coached on financial stuff mm -hmm. i have given them the assignments that i will be happy to take you on as a client first you must listen to the first 10 episodes of my podcast which in total would take an hour and a half love two that. hours and how many people do not come back because they don't want to put the work in yep. and that's a very simple thing i'm like you could probably get a lot of what you're looking for me anyway from listening to the podcast and so if you can do that then and you still have questions and i know that there's something more sure. for us to talk about but so many people again come and saying like i i need to change i need to do the work and there's right. so many little things that you can do right that Instant doesn't require money uh, yeah, but they want it immediately, but they want someone else to direct them. So. Totally. Absolutely. For yeah. sure. Because people, some people will go, so do you know what, what kind of career that I'm going to do? <laughs> You're like, let me get right, my yeah. crystal ball Right, here. right. Literally. And I'm like, uh, I've got some ideas, but I don't know you well enough. So if I can't figure it out and because you haven't told me enough, like we need more digging to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember being, speaking of that, of like this crystal ball situation, you don't even know what is out there. And you limited yourself, right? So I remember being an admissions rep, um, talking to 10th graders. This was in 2008 in Michigan. And their eyes are the size of saucers because everybody around them, from a family perspective, has lost their job, mm -hmm. right? And they're like, I'm supposed to know what major that I'm going to do, and I don't. And I'm like, it's okay. Your job doesn't even exist right now. Yeah. Right? And then think about social media blew up and technology blew up. And think about all the jobs data and the, scientists yeah, and all stuff that did not exist 10 years yeah, ago yeah absolutely for sure and so i say the same thing to people i'm like your job your one of your jobs you're gonna have doesn't even exist right now i love that i love that and i if i told myself um 10 years ago that i was gonna be doing whatever it is that i'm doing now it's like that never would have occurred to me so. i never wanted to be an entrepreneur <laughs> yeah and then i was like well shoot man like nobody else is doing this like i was like i'm so sick and tired of it not happening so like why not let's give it a whirl i love it yeah. i love it so if someone wants to engage in your services how would they reach you and what sure. what is a good first step into thinking whether or not you're the right fit right um first off 
please give it up that you think you have to know what you want to be by the time that you work with me. A lot of people are like, I don't have it figured out. I'm like, this is the reason why you hire a coach, mm -hmm. right? Or from a presentation, a lot of people are like, what presentations do you do? And I'm like, I need a conversation with said organization first to understand what's really going on in order to then make a presentation. Mm -hmm. So it's a conversation that needs to happen first. You can do that. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, and I'm on LinkedIn. It's evolution. Um, and then I always offer, like I said, free 30-minute one-on-ones. I totally gave it away. That, like, <laughs> I'm doing it for me, really. But, I mean, I am going to ask you a set series of questions and what those questions are. So, like, so why now? Why now are you interested in potentially talking to a coach? Or, hey, here's the deal. I'm a researcher. I take calculated risks. I might talk to you now, myself, Tori, right? And then in six months be ready. And I'm just gathering information. I totally respect that. Mm -hmm. You're I'm choosing to give you my time. Like, so that's to anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's how you can get a hold of me. Awesome. And in terms of your 2020, do you have anything exciting personally or professionally that you're looking forward to? Yes. So I adore emerging leader programs and the reason what i mean by emerging leader is a millennial who's probably in their young 30s to mid 30s typically has been in an individual contributor role which means they don't manage anybody and they are looking for their next step and there is a lot of head trash with that person we talked about entry-level mentality mm -hmm. and so that is my ideal population okay. I, i'm that like mm -hmm. i'm a millennial right that's had like a ton of jobs and whatnot <laughs> um but the thing is is that so many organizations have run towards culture 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 and then they did diversity but we forgot about this inclusion piece and we forgot about this self-awareness, authenticity, communication. Let's have a conversation not to even know what the end result of this sucker is going to be, but just like to converse, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm all about like networking with purpose, but you got to understand yourself first. So emerging leader programs are really great. Yeah. Um, and so I'm starting to work with some organizations on that because there's such a lack of communication and owning yourself that it's i call it the internal rub mm -hmm. that you'll see is that like people are really frustrated that their personal and professional lives don't match or that's happening in the culture yeah corporate. awesome and i think that's very much needed especially because i'm in that bucket too right in that um space of that mid-level career and you're trying to figure out what that next step is but the people in those next steps i haven't been in that same space right um and right. haven't seen the same things that our generation right. i think has seen so i think that's very much needed right and the money factor right there's a lot of ways in order to make money that doesn't have to be totally attached to your job yes you can have a side hustle you can have a passion project you can do there's like passive um you know like products or whatever mm -hmm. there's more than one way in order to make lucrative income and so back to what you were saying so many of us are attached to the money that now it's starting to go yes and you can also fix this with other, with things. other ways yeah. yes ah, this makes me so happy so i appreciate you coming we could oh go gosh, on thanks. we can go on about this forever um maybe we will and if you are interested in learning more about tori you can see um her on those channels we'll list them in the links below see you next time